Praise God, my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to the On Earth As It Is In Heaven podcast. Romans 12.5 says, We who are many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. The goal of this podcast is to help all members of God's church establish God's kingdom here on earth by learning and discussing his principles Through these discussions, we hope to facilitate actions that will create heaven on earth. I'm your host, JB, and I'm going to start us off with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time to come together in fellowship in your name. We thank you, Jesus, that you are Lord, that you paid the price for our sins, Heavenly Father. We thank you that... The people that you have called to come into this message, Lord, will hear it. We pray that you would ready their hearts, ready their minds, Lord. We pray that every answer to the prayers that they have been praying, Lord, that this is that this episode, Lord, is a confirmation for them. Lord, that you would manifest yourself to them in ways that they would know that you're real, that you are true. That, Lord Jesus, you are the only way. We thank you, Lord, that we know that you love us. You tell us in your word many times, Lord. You gave your only son, your only begotten son, Heavenly Father, that we would have life and have it more abundantly. And so I pray for all of the viewers who are experiencing any type of hardship, suffering, persecution, lack, any of the above, Lord, for your name's sake that they would receive comfort, that they would receive peace, that they would receive guidance. I pray over this episode right now, Lord, between me and Barbara, Lord, that we would yield to the move of the Holy Spirit, that we would remove ourselves out of the way, Lord, and let your breath go forth. Let this word that you have prepared, Lord, be uninterrupted. We pray against anything that comes against us as we try to Help lead and comfort and shepherd your sheep, Lord, and lead them closer to a relationship with you. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you are glorified through this, that your name shines forth, that you get all the glory, all the honor, Lord. We pray that many souls will be saved, directly or indirectly, from the viewing of this episode. We pray that many of your children, Lord, will get into your will and purpose for their lives. We thank you, Lord, because you said that you had a purpose for us before we were even created. Many times in the Bible, Lord, you talk about the appointed time. And so there is an appointed time for every single viewer who is watching this episode for your will to come to pass. Help them to be ready. Help them to prepare, Lord. Help them to trust and have faith. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to thank you guys for joining another episode of On Earth As It Is In Heaven. I am your host, JB. And today's guest we have here is Barbara. And if you would like to share a little bit with us about your faith background, how you've come to where you are currently. Yes. I grew up in a home where... I was provided for physically, not emotionally, 
and there was no love. And I didn't understand it. I couldn't comprehend why what I was doing that was so bad that I didn't feel like I was loved. But I lived with my dad and my stepmother. My parents divorced when I was a baby and my dad got custody. But I never bonded with him because his siblings actually raised me. He was a truck driver. So he was never home. So his siblings raised me until I was six years old when I went to live with him and my stepmother. There, I was allowed to go to Sunday school because my uncle that I had lived with right before I come to live with them were Christians. And they went to church every Sunday. And so he made my dad promise to let me go to Sunday school somewhere. He said, I don't care where just let her go to Sunday school because she likes Sunday school, which Mm -hmm. I don't remember that much about going to Sunday school, but evidently it was important. (laughs) So I I always wondered why there was a church right behind my house that I could have walked to, been there within three minutes. And instead my dad got up every Sunday morning And the first Sunday, he drove me six blocks from our house, let me out at a church he had never been in before in his life. Hmm. And it was a place I did not know one person. But he dropped me off for Sunday school and church. Mm -hmm. So I went to Sunday school. I walked in and it was like it was home. Mm -hmm. I never felt uncomfortable in that place. In fact, my Sunday school teacher would tell me, you come sit with me while, you know, in church because she knew my parents weren't there. Mm-hmm. But every Sunday, I would hear, always hear these words that Jesus loved me, how much he loved me. And I go, no, he doesn't love me because I'm unlovable. My mom was not in my life. My dad seemingly was disconcerned with my life. And my stepmother didn't want children. She had no children and she didn't want any. I just happened to come along with the package. Yeah. And so I grew up with that. Well, as I grew to be a teenager, I was allowed to go to summer camp, church summer camp. And it was there that I was introduced to the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And we would have Vesper service up on a hill in the woods sitting on log seats and I heard these words come to me just come to me now I didn't hear them physically but I Mm -hmm. heard them in my mind and I didn't question who it was or what it was I just said I can't do that and I heard it a second time and I said I can't do that you can't love me the way I read about in your word that you love people because I had been given a Bible at nine by my church. And to me, it was a book. It was just a book. And I read it all the way through, never understanding one thing in it. Mm -hmm. But I knew that it said, God is love. And I said, you can't love me. So I go home and about three weeks later, I was sitting in church. It happened to be my 16th birthday. And at the end, I found myself 
walking down the aisle and I received Christ as my savior. Amen. And for the very first time, I, I don't know what happened. I don't know how he did it. But for the first time in my life, I knew I was loved. Mm -hmm. And I have never regretted that ever, you know, since then. Yeah. And now it's been 62 years and I'm still just amazed at what he does in my life. Yeah. But at, at 19, I was married, had a newborn baby. My husband was a hunter and fisherman, which I didn't know about before we got married. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and those feelings of coming back to me that I wasn't loved, yeah. they, they just flooded me. And my daughter had colic, so she was a, a baby crier and cried all the time. Yeah. And I was sitting in my living room rocking chair holding her, and I cried out. I said, God, I can't do this. I don't know how to be a wife to a man who seemingly loves hunting and fishing more than he loves me. Mm -hmm. And I sure don't know how to be a mother to this precious baby that you gave me. And I heard once again in my mind, then stop trying to change what you didn't create. And I'm going, but he's not being the man he's supposed to be. And he said, you didn't create him. I did. But if you will let me change you, I'll let you watch as I change him. And in that moment, I made a decision. And I never complained about him hunting and fishing ever again. Still don't. Mm -hmm. And I watched as he began to change him. But yeah. I had to let him change me first. Yeah. So that's how we got here. You know, one of the things that stood out to me early in your testimonies you said you never really connected with your dad because he's a truck driver and I was actually right. I was truck driving for probably about six seven months and it's something that's it's very you know unexplainable but I really feel like God was like I don't know it felt urgent too God was telling me to leave trucking and I loved it I loved trucking you know, like, I don't know, it was something uh -huh. about just being on the road, traveling. I had my headphones on, you know, you can listen to music <laughs> or call. I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. And it's the most money I've ever made at a job before. So yeah. not only was there not any issues, even that I was, it was, the management was good. Like all of it was good, but I really felt like God was calling me to leave it. I couldn't really explain it. And now obviously I can't give any natural good reasons why I should have left, but yeah. my kids were the biggest thing that were on my mind. I was hardly ever seeing them. Initially, I was getting pretty much one day off a week. I did kind of speak with them, and then they were giving me more routes that went towards home so that I could like have the day off because I was overnight driving. So they would allow me to get a route to St. Louis. I'd park my truck. I'd be able to have the day there instead of at the uh, distribution center but that night I'd have to go back so a lot of that time even when I was with my kids I wasn't because I was either sleeping or I was sleepy and tired you know yeah. and I just didn't feel like I was the dad that I wanted to be around them I knew I was getting short with them sometimes you know it's because I'm like tired and 
I don't know. I just had a strong urge. Like, I really feel like God was telling me, like, you, like, I needed to leave. And again, no natural reason, no problems with any other truckers or management or, or pay or none of that. And yeah. I did. I wound up leaving, you know? <laughs> and <laughs> well, good. I don't regret it. I don't, I do not yeah. regret it. Yeah. It, it, that's one of the things when I met my husband. I was just a young Christian. I was 18 years old and I became a Christian at 16. And when I met him, I, I didn't, nobody told me to pray for who I was to marry. I never asked God who I was to marry. Mm-hmm. But I believe now it was the Holy Spirit that gave me direction on that because I had three requirements for a husband. Mm-hmm. One was that he didn't drink. I lived yeah. with an alcoholic. My dad was an alcoholic. And I didn't want that in my life. Yeah. Number two, he did couldn't be a truck driver <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. every, every time mm-hmm. something was going on in my life, he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And that was not, and the third thing, he had to be a Christian. So those three things, my husband met those qualifications. Right. Yeah. Other, than, <laughs> other than that, there is no logical reason why we should have even dated, and much less married. And really be married for 59 years. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we have absolutely nothing in common except Jesus. That's yeah. Not, <laughs> that's the only thing that we yeah. have really in common. <laughs> and he was a Christian at the time? He thought he was. Okay. And then later on, he was actually teaching a, a boy's Sunday school class. Mm-hmm. And we had revival at our church. And he came uh, all of his boys from his class got saved during that revival. Okay. And that sun- that Sunday, he discovered he was not saved, and mm-hmm. he became a Christian then. But that Amen. was part of me. Let the Spirit let me watch as He changed him. Yeah, you know yeah. that's something that is so hard. You know, and I wonder how many people have heard God say the same thing to them. You know, let me change you first and then you will watch me. Because, mm-hmm. like, no one wants to take that. Like, no, change them and then yeah. I will, ch- you know. And for you to have heard, not pretended that you didn't hear it, you know, and receive it and accept it. And I love how you said you made a decision, you know, because that's one thing that we oftentimes forego is, you know, even salvation is a decision that we make. You know, God has given us free will to choose him or to not. And so there are decisions that we're responsible for making ourselves. So I love that, you know, you use that term, you know, you made a decision. Yeah. And, you know, people don't, we don't think, I didn't think I was wrong. I thought I was right. But Mm -hmm. the spirit let me know. (laughs) I didn't create him. He did. And I couldn't change him. I don't have the power or the authority to change anybody but Mm -hmm. this person. This is the only person that can change. Yeah. And I can't even do that without the Holy Spirit's help. I tell you, self-deception, I talk about that a lot. It's one of the hardest things. I I believe it's one of the hardest things to overcome because just like you said, if you don't think you're in the wrong or you're doing anything wrong, you're not looking for help either because it's not me. You know, that's what you're telling yourself. Like, it's not me. It's them, you know, and... Until, you know, any given person can start to take accountability for their side of it, then it's like you don't even seek the help. 
I think in one of my episodes, I was talking with uh, someone about the unknown unknowns. So you can't know what you don't know, which sounds like super simple. But if you don't know it, then you can't you don't even know to get help for it or ask God about it or to pray about it, because in your mind, you think, you know, and that's why it's like unknown, because in your mind, you think, you know, you know, and that's one of those things that you have to I feel like I constantly pray that God would just reveal things to me, you know, that I truly would like to know so that you're not walking around blind, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I tell my listeners on my podcast all the time, don't be afraid to ask for help. Mm -hmm. Sweetest words that Jesus wants to hear is I need your help. And people don't, they think that's just the spiritual side of us. That's the physical side too. He wants to help us with our physical things that goes on in our life. And so I'm always telling him the, I, the Bible is full of things that we are to do. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always tell us how to do that. Yeah. And so I have to tell, I often tell the Holy spirit, I don't know how to do that. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to teach me how to do that. Yeah. And some way, somehow, he does that, and I just I get amazed at him the way yeah. it turns out. But ask for help. I have to ask constantly. Ask for help. Uh, I love to quilt, and when I have vision problems due to diabetes, and I it's very hard for me to thread my needle on my machine. And so every time I get my needle threader out, I say, "Okay, Holy Spirit, you know where that hole is." I yeah. don't have a clue. So you're gonna you're gonna have to put this needle threader in. And it yeah. gets threaded. But yeah. we don't seek the Holy Spirit. He's the one that's here with us. Mm-hmm. Jesus was there in the gospels, but he sent us the Holy Spirit and he's here on this earth today. Yeah. And he is the one that guides us and directs us. And we have to ask him I have to ask him constantly mm-hmm. for help. You know, I, 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 feel I like, just can't live. Yeah. You're, you can really tell you're really getting in relationship with him when you are looking for help in things like quilting. So I feel like that mm-hmm. might be things that most people are going to pass off as those are the things that I can handle, you know, and we're going to wait. Mm-hmm. And a lot of oftentimes we can find ourselves waiting until there's a big bill that needs to be paid or, you know, the car breaks down or, you know, what we view as big things, you know, yeah. when really nothing is big for God. And so. I feel like when you really find yourselves and even the smaller things in your life, looking to Jesus for help with those things, like that's when you're really getting into that relationship. You're because that's what you do with like a spouse. You know, you, you, yeah. you have, you know, when you're at work, you come home, you tell them all the little details, whether they want to hear it or not. You know, you're just sharing and bringing up stuff. And, you know, honey, can you grab that? And, you know, all this right. different things. So. It should be similar when you are speaking in your relationship with God. You know, when you're asking Jesus for help, you know, it's not just big things. It's your life. You gets intertwined to where you can't, you know, untwine it. Yeah. It, and I have found in my life, when I ask him for the little things, the help with the little things, then when the bigger things come along, it's easier for me to ask for help then and, and yeah. trust. Because yeah. he's helped me with that little thing. So he's going to help me with this big thing over here yeah. in life. So that's important for people. Mm-hmm. But and I find so many Christians that do not involve the Holy Spirit in their life. 
at all. Yeah. You know, they trust Jesus, but Jesus give you the spirit and he's mm-hmm. in you. So you got to work with him. Yeah. Yep. And then I've also recently heard a message about how people will, a lot of people will answer to so God, so to speak, you know, because God is generic. You know, you know, it could be the universe. It could be you. It could be whatever, you know, but they won't use the name Jesus. And so that's something that I feel like Mm -hmm. is very important um, when it relates to our faith. You know, as followers of Jesus, I actually had our close to my life at one point who I was trying to, you know, minister to and, and speak faith into. And every so often they would show me content. And Mm -hmm. I started to kind of feel bad just a little bit because I had to keep letting them know like this, you know, because I'm I'm listening (laughs) for what are you doing with Jesus? A lot of times they didn't even use Jesus. And if you listen long enough, you realize there's something else that they're pulling from some other type of uh, new age spirituality, you know? Yeah. And it's so close, you know, just like when Satan tried to use the word against Jesus in the wilderness and he used scripture, you know, he used scripture. But yeah. twisted it, you know, and that's what's this new age spirituality. It's so close to the things that are in the Bible, but it's not what we are. It's not the for. truth. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, and that's one of the thing I, I stress with people. You have to read the word. It doesn't say anywhere in there. You have to understand it. Just mm-hmm. read it. And he will give you understanding yeah. if you seek him. So if you never read it, you're never going to know if what's being told to you is really true Mm -hmm. or not. So you have to get into it yourself. He wants you to be a participant with him. And you can't do that unless you get into the word. Yeah. So did you ever find out why you didn't go to the church that was right behind your house or no? I believe it was Jeremiah 29 Mm -hmm. where it says, I have a plan for you. That was his plan for me. That was the church that told me about Jesus. Yeah. And when my step, my dad passed away first, my stepmother passed away after he did. And when she died, I was their only child, Mm -hmm. but I was totally disinherited. Totally. Mm. She did not give me one thing. I didn't even get pictures out of his house or the, Mm -hmm. I didn't get the flag that was on his casket. But after about six, and I was angry. Oh, I was very angry with mm-hmm. her because I knew she did it out of hatred toward me because of some things that went on between her and I. But after about six months, one day I was sitting here in my back room and the spirit spoke to me. He said, you really don't get what happened in your life. I'm like, uh, well, I guess not. What were you talking about? And he said, who told you about Christ? And I said, well, my church did. And he said, yeah. And he said, because I found out when my dad, I tried to share my faith with my parents all my life. And every Mm -hmm. time I tried to bring it up, my dad would say, I don't want to hear any of that stuff. Okay. So I just, you know, stopped because I knew he'd get angry. And after When he died, I asked her who was going to do the service. And she said, our pastor. And I went, what do you mean your pastor? And she said, well, the pastor at First Methodist Church. I went, but I didn't think y'all went to church. 
She said, oh, no, we joined about 15 years ago. And I went, are you serious? <laughs> I said, then why did daddy object to me talking about the Bible? And she said, we didn't want to hear any of that stuff. We just joined a church. Okay. And the spirit said, but where did your inheritance go? Because everything that she owned went to the church that told me about Jesus. Ah. And so I actually got to give my testimony at that church in yeah. 2019. And I told them, I said, I have my first Bible that they gave me. It's pretty ragged, but I have it. And I held it up and I said, because I asked the pastor, I said, do you still give these uh, Bibles away? Because we don't, I don't go there anymore. And he said, yes. He said, in fact, we just gave them away not too long ago. And so I told him, I said, every time you give a Bible to a child and that child is saved, that's my inheritance in yeah. heaven. Not on this earth, but it's in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's amazing how God works because your dad would make sure you went. He knew you loved Sunday school and made sure yeah. you went, even though he wasn't interested in it. And yeah. it's almost like. God put it on his heart, you know, to like make sure you still were covered. You know, it's God, just, yeah. you know, he's, it's so awesome the way he, he does things like that. Oh, it, it's amazing. He said, what does the word say about how I direct your path? Mm -hmm. He said, I direct men's steps. He said, I led them to that church. Mm -hmm. And even though they weren't led to Christ, yeah. he led them to that church yeah. for that purpose. You know, so, I pray yeah. all the time for God to help me with raising my kids and leading them in whatever area they're supposed to be in. And I'm very conscious of like trying to hear or even when they speak about something that they're interested in or wanting to do. So, for instance, right now I have my my kids in ice skating and we were driving by this dance studio one day and they're like, I don't know, it was like a boot camp. These kids are like running around outside and. <laughs> My, my daughter, she's very athletic. So I feel like most kids would be like, oh, no, I don't want to go to that one. But not my daughter. She goes, can I do dancing? You know, because she sees these kids running. So I'm like, you know, well, we'll see. And so then her mom winds up calling me and she's like at the church that she's at. They're going to have a Christmas special. And this is like a month ago. And they was going to start doing dance practice at the end of each service. And so usually I have my kids on Sunday mornings and she's like, you know, can she go like maybe every other Sunday or something like that? I'm like, oh, no, she can go every Sunday. That is God answering her prayer for dance class. And she's getting to do it for him. You know, it's going to be, you know, yeah. practicing for a performance that's going to end up worshiping God, you know. And so, yeah. you know, I try to always just be conscious of, you know, what is God speaking to me about them? to help to yeah. prepare them in any way that I'm supposed to, you know, I don't want to be the reason for any hindrance and them getting into whatever, you know, the will is for God for their lives as they get older. Cause I tell them all the time right now, daddy's here to protect you and cover you. Mommy and daddy are here to like help you, but you're going to become an adult. And this is going to be a decision that you're going to make as an adult. Daddy's That's reading right. the Bible. He's teaching it to you, but salvation is a choice that I can't choose for you. It's going to be something that you choose for yourself. You're going to have to make that choice, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just amazing, you know, that how God does. 
it, I, I'm just blown away by the fact that, you know, he led them to this church and mm-hmm. they had neither one of them ever attended church anywhere. Yeah. And yet in their older age, he led them to this church for that purpose. Yeah. And, and I tell people that are not Christians all the time, you really think God has nothing to do with your life? Let me tell you, you read mm-hmm. the Bible. God has everything to do with your life because yeah. he created you and he knows you better than you do. Yeah. I mean, we even see with non-believers in the Old Testament how he uses Man. them and and moves them. And yeah, they have no idea. I heard this joke before on the radio. And so the lady comes on and she's praying because, you know, she needs groceries and, you know, she's asking, you know, saying she's asking God for help. And so some guy, you know, not very nice, actually buys her groceries and sends them to her. And like, I think there's a note that says like, this is from the devil. And pretty much she comes back on and says, see, even the devil works for God. You know, because she, it doesn't matter that, you know, he was trying to make a joke about it. She prayed for groceries and here they came, you know, (laughs) I I just did a, my podcast this week on Caesar Augustus Uh and I didn't really know the history. I was teaching out of Luke or two, and I didn't really know the history about Caesar Augustus and how that all come about, Mm -hmm. but he wasn't a believer, but he was an emperor and God led him to do this census mm-hmm. in order for taxation, in order to fulfill the scripture of the Old Testament that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. And I'm just fascinated when I read stuff like that. Yeah. How, how God uses the ordinary unbeliever to carry out his purpose and his yeah. plan in his people. You know, me and uh, my kids, we just were watching the new movie Journey to Bethlehem. Have you heard of that? It's a musical. I've heard of it. I haven't watched it, but I've heard okay. of it. Okay. You know, it's funny because like that, those are the type of things that I kind of read over, but then you see it in the movie too. And yeah, so I didn't even realize that was like in part to the movement of getting Jesus to where he needed to be for all of, you know, when people yeah. talk about the, the prophecy, like... This thing is just incredible because I know some people say, well, Jesus knew the prophecy, so that's why he was fulfilling it. Well, something like that, he wasn't even born yet. So, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's there's right. no way that he, I mean, and even if he was from the womb, like, how divine is that? So, like, either way, you're like. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, it's so amazing to see the way he moves. But another thing I think about, when you talk about how you he, your dad took you to that church is oftentimes I feel like a lot of people will just pick the closest church. Like that's how they mm-hmm. pick their church. And, you know, I'm a big believer in people supposed, supposing to be in specific places. God has a place for everyone. And it may be that church that's closest to you, but it may not be. He may be that's calling right. you to be somewhere else. That other pastor may be preaching something that you need. You know, that's where you're going to get spiritually fed. That's where you're going to grow, you know, and it may not, it just may not be that church that's right behind the house. Yeah. I have a church. It's just two blocks from me up mm-hmm. the street here, but we go on the other side of town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where the spirit led us. Yeah. And, I, and 
I had a friend not too long ago told me, he said, you need to come out to his church. And he mm-hmm. said, and it's very close to me too. And he said, you need to come over here. I said, now, wait a minute. I said, I've only been a member of three churches and that was the church I was saved in. Mm-hmm. And then my husband and I joined a, a second church when we had our family mm-hmm. and we stayed there for, I don't know, I think about 28 years. Mm-hmm. And the spirit led us out of that church and took us to another church and we're still at that church. Yeah. Uh, it's not the same church now. It's that church actually closed its doors and they merged we merged with another church, but we became a new church. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I don't do that. I don't believe in church jumping. Mm-hmm. I said, I take where I go where the spirit leads me and I stay there until the spirit tells me, You're out of here. Yeah. Go somewhere else. Yeah. And, and that- even with all the problems we had with the church that closed its doors. Mm-hmm. God left. I was a part. There was God always leaves a remnant, and yeah. I was a. We were a part of that remnant that God saved for the church that we have now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That is so. That is definitely so important to be listening to God. You know, whether He's saying to stay or to move, but not just for the sake of you know doing whatever. Yeah. Just because you don't like the singing or you don't like the preacher or you don't mm-hmm. like this or whatever. That's no reason to move. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't, I go there to worship. I don't mm-hmm. go there to judge who's doing what or why they're doing it or yeah. how they're doing it. There was a time our churches never believed in lifting your hands. Mm-hmm. And when my daughter gave birth to her babies, driving down the highway, the spirit said, are you going to obey me or you're going to obey them? Mm-hmm. And I went, well, I thought I was obeying you. And he said, no, lift your hands in the sanctuary and praise me. Now mm-hmm. I played the organ at that time. So I was up front. Everybody would see me. And I thought, well, how am I going to do this at playing the organ? I mean, it's kind of hard to play the organ and lift your hands at the same time. You know? so, <laughs> So I thought, how am I going? So I asked him, I told him, I said, all right, you give me a scripture and that I have your authority to do this mm-hmm. and it's done. And he get immediately in my mind came Psalms 134. I had no yeah. clue what that said, but I could not wait to get to the hospital. And I pulled in that parking lot and I opened up my Bible and there's yeah. three verses, three verses. Blessed are those who stand watching the night. Lift your hands. In the sanctuary, yeah, and praise the Lord for He made heaven and earth. And I went, it's done. Yeah. And I thought the the sun, first Sunday I went back to church after she'd given birth, and I was sitting at that organ. I said, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I, I, you know, how how can I lift my hands? And that Sunday, the choir sang a special where they used sound the sound system for their music instead uh-huh. of organ and piano and i'm sitting there and it was a song all about praise and i yeah. sat there and i lifted my hands and i knew that there was at least one person because she had already done this to somebody that she would you know come and attack me and i yeah. told my family i said get ready because she's going to come after me and when i after that service was over i walked out into the foyer and i had so many people tell me we love to watch you worship and I went, wow. Yeah. And that la- that particular lady that I knew was going to attack me 
God put a wall between me and her because she walked right in front of me, walked past me and walked out the door and never said a word. Yeah. And you know what? I love two things. Two things. One, I've had the experience before where God has given me a scripture and you just can't wait to get to a place to where you can get to it. I'm like, man, this is like the longest drive ever. You know, there's been times where I'm like calling up a friend. I'm like, can you look up, you know, Joe, you know, this, that, and the other. They're like, why? I'm like, I just need to see what it says real quick. You know, something, you know, came to me. And yeah, I've definitely had that like, that urgent need to like get to that scripture to to see what God was speaking. But I also love when something like that happens where, you know, I'm not sure how you felt, but I feel like in that, that would be a time where I would go to church. Like, you know, well, I mean, I really can't cause I'm playing the organ. And then God's like, bam, no organ today. What's your excuse now? You know, and I'm like, okay, well. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, yeah. and now I have a lot of the women because I teach a women's Sunday school class and I have a lot of the women that I before never did that. And now I see them raising their hands. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. There was so, a day in service and there's a one of the prayer warriors that the church does flags. And my daughter, I, I'd seen her the one Sunday kind of like looking over there a lot. And so then I, you know, I asked her the next one, I was like, do you want to go do the flags? And she's like, yeah. And after she went, a couple of other little girls, I guess had been wanting to do it too. And they went, you know, and and sometimes I was telling her, like, sometimes God is calling you to be that person to go do it because someone else is waiting for someone else to do it. And you want to be that person. It's kind of like when the, teacher you know says you know there's no dumb question because there's probably three other people who want to ask that question but they're not going to so you know you yeah. know they're never going to come let you know or say thank you <laughs> you know <laughs> they're very right. grateful that you asked it and people are benefit yeah. by you taking the initiative and you know listen in this situation listening to what god is calling for you to do right that's exactly right yeah so I was also wondering if you could share the story a little bit about how you came into podcasting. Okay. When I was 70, uh, I have always been active in my church, in the church, in the body of Christ doing, a, I did a lot of things, but at the age of 70, I was diagnosed with diabetes too. And before I had it, it had already done its damage to my body. I had bleeding behind both retinas. I have severe neuropathy. And so I was no longer able to do the things that I used to do in church. And the saddest thing I ever saw in my life was a friend of mine many years ago. I was a lot younger. She was older. And I knew this woman because, and I knew she was a Christian. She taught scripture. She knew scripture. She was a prayer warrior. But we were in a conference and we were told to take some modeling clay and shape something that God was doing or what he had made us or something. And she made the most beautiful little bitty basket. It wasn't that tall. She cooked it and rolled it out and made strips and she weaved it, made this basket and put a little brim on it and a handle. And she said, but look inside. I said, it's empty. She said, God can't use me anymore. And I thought about that. and I went, Lord, I don't want to be that person. So when I was diagnosed with this and knew I could not any longer do the things that I wanted to do, I began to pray. I said, what am I supposed to do? Because I know you have something for me to do. 
And he inspired me to go out and speak, do Christian speaking and tell my story, tell his story in my life. And so I did that for a couple of years. Well, then COVID hit, and you know, that destroyed just about everything in the Christian field. Mm -hmm. So after COVID was over with, I said, okay, Lord, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. How how am I supposed to get this back together? Well, I had a friend that did a podcast and she kept telling me, she said, you need to do a podcast. And I said, I know I don't know anything about doing podcasts. I don't. And so I, but I did get online and I learned that you had to have all this equipment. Well, I didn't have the equipment, didn't have the money to go buy the equipment. So I said, you know, that's just out the window. Well, I don't know, several months passed and all of a sudden on Facebook one day, this ad popped up, do your own podcast and we'll publish it for you. We'll give you the everything that you need to get it made. And then we'll take it out and we'll send it out. And it was Anchor. Mm -hmm. So, well, that's interesting. So I got on there and I did a trial run. I thought, well, it doesn't sound too bad. I'm still country, but that's who I am. (laughs) But And so so you actually got the equipment from them. I got, well, they just, you just record on their uh, page. Okay, gotcha. then they do everything that's needed. I don't know what all is needed in that, but they do everything needed. And then they published it and then Spotify bought them out. And so Mm -hmm. now I do it through Spotify, but it's called, it's his story Mm -hmm. because I, I tell people the Bible is simply God's story being told in everyday, ordinary people's life. Mm -hmm. But when he enters life changes. Yeah. And so I, I began to do it. I now have done, see, I guess this last one, because I got that notice about 120 podcasts. And it's just me because I I talk about the Bible and I talk Mm -hmm. about how that, whatever that verse is or section that I'm talking about relates in my life and how Mm -hmm. it can do things for me. But I just want people to share. But I've been, I was totally amazed because I got, an email from about three weeks ago and the countries that my uh, podcast is being heard blew me away Yeah, because I'm heard in the Philippines, in mm-hmm. United Kingdom, in South Africa. And I went, how did you do this? Yeah. You know, I'm thinking just maybe Kentucky, Missouri. <laughs> yeah. Know? Right. Right. Yeah. God took it all around. And, and I pray every week before I ever do the podcast, because I believe that the Spirit's the one supposed to lead. And so mm-hmm. I have him to lead me to the passage he wants to talk about. And then I give him my voice. I said, you speak because yeah. it's your podcast. It's not mine. And yeah. I've allowed him to do that. So I have uh, some listeners and it just, I, I, I just, I have eight that have me number one as their podcast. Okay. And, and that's okay. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm surprised there's eight. Yeah. <laughs> maybe two, maybe two, but not yeah. eight. So yeah, but that's that's how, and I started that podcast at the age of seventy five. Nice. And my daughter told some friends of hers they were talking about you couldn't teach old dog new tricks, and she said I don't want to hear that. She said my mom knows not, knew very little about a computer, 
and she yeah. knew nothing about how to do a podcast. She now has her own podcast and she does it weekly. So yeah. <laughs> but if you let God direct your life mm-hmm. and you let him be the one that show you what you need to do, he'll show you how to do it. Yeah. And he'll supply the way because I didn't have the money to buy all the equipment for a podcast. Mm-hmm. There was no way that was going to happen. And I knew that. And I said, if, if you don't intervene some way, this is, you know, it just can't happen. But yeah. He intervened and he come into my life again and he began, but never think that you are too old mm-hmm. that God cannot use you. And I tell older people, if you can't do anything else, you can pray for me, pray for the church, pray for the United States of America, pray for God's move of the Holy spirit in this time of darkness, because this darkness is everywhere. And I said, mm-hmm. I pray every night, God, let your light shine. Let the Holy Spirit shine in hearts around yeah. the world so that they can be changed. Because people are dying and going to hell. And mm-hmm. we sit here and we do nothing. Right. Amen. The one other testimony, if you don't mind sharing, that really excited me was about your retirement. And I know you were saying, I think you said, you once that happened that your husband made more than the two of you had before. Can you share about that a little bit? Sure. I retired in 1995. My daughter had her youngest child, our mm-hmm. oldest granddaughter. And I had told my husband, I said, I just want to stay home and babysit her because they were having trouble finding a babysitter. And I said, I just want to stay home and keep her. And he said, well, that's that's fine if that's what you want to do. But he said, now, you know, our income is cut in half. And I said, that's fine. I said, we lived on less because I didn't work the first 10 years we were married. I said, I've lived on less and we can manage that. So I didn't think anything about it. Well, that year he worked at Whirlpool, which is over in Evansville, Indiana. And he had done this job. His job that he was doing at that time was cut out. They Mm -hmm. wasn't going to do it any longer. But by their contract, they had to put him in the highest pay grade that he had ever held at Whirlpool. Yeah. And that pay grade was a very upgrade from what the job was that he was now doing. And that year, God, in his intervention, Mm -hmm. made him earn more money than he and I had ever earned together. Yeah. Amen. God is so good. Yeah. And I know like that one of the hardest decisions I feel like, especially in the the way the economy is right now, it would be for someone to make a decision like yours to decide, you know, not to work. Yeah. And every it's it's all anyone's talking about right now is inflation, how much things are costing, how much childcare is costing, how much groceries are costing, you know, you know, the cost of things are going up and wages are staying the same and to take that leap of faith and to trust God, you know, that I feel like that was a brave decision because again, people are scared for what the future looks like right now. And to be able to make that decision and watch God come through. And I talk about this all the time. If you want to see, you're not, I feel like you're not going to see God work until you take the step of faith. You know, there are certain situations where the grace of God will bless you beforehand. But I feel like in general, the faith, proceeds, you know, 
that breakthrough, whatever it is that you're looking to see. You got to have that faith step it, first. Exactly. And the same thing happened when he retired in 2004. Mm-hmm. And one day he come in, he sat down, he was getting ready, getting everything ready. It was getting closer. I can always tell when he's really, you know, pondering about something. I said, what's the matter with you? And he said, I just don't think we can do this. And I went, do what? And he said, this retirement thing. He said, I, I just don't think we can do it. And I said, what made you think that? And he, he had been to visit a friend, but his friend retired under different circumstances. His wife had cancer and he wanted to spend time with her. And he was telling James all the bad things that mm-hmm. was going on with, with it. And I looked at him and I said, do you not think James, uh, God has taken care of us for 40 years? And he said, well, yeah. And I said, well, don't you think he can take care of us 40 more? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said, then why are you worried? God yeah. will take care of us. And he, there is nothing that he ever did before that he can't do now. Mm-hmm. And in fact, now he's gone almost every night pitching cornhole. God provides him money that he wins to stay in it and go yeah. places for the weekend and pitch. And if we just learned to trust God in all of it, we, yeah. people would be so amazed what God yeah. can do. Yeah. We just don't, we don't really believe the verse that says nothing is impossible mm-hmm. with God. Yeah. All things are possible. And people just, they read it and they seemingly believe it, but they don't mm-hmm. believe it deep down in their heart. Yeah. But I've learned to do that. I've just, I've had two in my life. Yeah. Okay. And then, all right. So like the super last thing, this is actually like my favorite thing. And I feel like this kind of stems from when you retired to look after your, your grandkids. Can you share about what you, about what happened about, was it a last weekend or the weekend before with your grandkids? Because I, I feel yeah. like I'm, I'm really into like family values, you know, and I want to be yeah. able to, like, I already can't, as a kid, I always knew I wanted to be a parent. And now, like, I'm not trying to, like, skip over this phase, but I'm also, I can't wait to be a grandparent, too, God willing, you know? So, like, you know, and I want them to, like, come around and, you know, I don't know. But, yeah, yeah. Can, can you share what, what happened? Yeah. Well, I'm a big proponent of family uh, uh-huh. because I think God is. God created the family, and the family yeah. is important to him. I mean, we are the family of God, so family is important. And all my grandchildren, I have, I have babysat every grandchild and every great grandchild except the last two. And that's just because my health now will allow me to do that. Yeah. But uh, we used to have, when they were younger, when my daughter had her quintuplets, the four surviving, when they got to be about four years old, we would have sleepovers at Nana and Papa's. And one of them would get to come home with us on Friday night. We'd mm-hmm. take them out to eat wherever they wanted to go. And on Saturday morning, we get up and we ask them where they wanted to eat breakfast and they would tell us and we would go do that. And so we did that for many years until they got about, I guess, middle school, maybe, or maybe even high school. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, my husband's birthday was December the 8th and we were sitting here and my oldest granddaughter calls him. At, it was later in the afternoon and she wanted to know what we were doing for the night. And he said, well, nothing unless you want to take me out for my birthday. Mm-hmm. And she said, no, but I thought I'd bring some pizza over. 
So she said, I said, okay. So she brought pizza over. We were sitting here talking. Well, I have to eat by a certain time. And I told her, I said, well, I've got to eat something. So I said, did you bring pizza like you said? And she said, yeah, it's in the kitchen. So I go in the kitchen and I get me a pizza and I had to go through the house, go to the bathroom. And I looked out and there was a car light in my driveway. And I went, well, who's that? And I yeah. went over and there was a, another one of my granddaughters. And I hollered out. I said, well, you're getting more company. Here comes Ellie. Went on. We sat there and checked. And pretty soon, here come Melanie. And she yeah. brings a blanket with her. And I'm going, why'd you bring a blanket? <laughs> she said, I, I don't know. Just did. Okay. Well, we sat here and talked. And here come my fourth granddaughter. Yeah, and yeah. Kristen. <laughs> and she comes in. And we're all sitting here talking. And we were just laughing and having a good time. and. They were enjoying being with Papa, And finally, about 10 o'clock, I said, are y'all staying all night? And they said, yeah. And I went, are you serious? <laughs> and they said, yeah, we're staying all night. I said, well, you know, I don't have places for your big bodies anymore. You were little when you stayed. And they said, we'll work it out. And I got up the next morning. They were all over my house. And so we had, before my husband went to bed, they said, now, Papa, you know, in the morning, we got to go to the donut shop because that's where they always wanted to go on Saturday morning. Uh-huh. He said, well, you got to get up at seven o'clock because he was leaving for a tournament about eight thirty. He had to be in another town by eight thirty. He said, so it'd be about seven o'clock. OK, we'll get up. got up the next morning, went to the donut shop and had donuts with them. Yeah. And that was, it was a great time. For him and for me, because we don't get to see them because they have lives of their own and they're all working. So most of them are working two and three jobs and I'm going, Mm -hmm. you know, they just don't have time to come out here. So it was a glorious time for us. We we thoroughly enjoyed it. But my my oldest granddaughter said she had seen somebody do it on TikTok. Okay. So she, she took a video of it and it's on TikTok. Of, nice, of, the, nice. of the four girls coming and my grandsons were all jealous because they said we didn't get asked right and right <laughs> I, I said well number one one's in louisville one was working and has twins and the third one he was probably working too and he said yeah but i still could have been asked <laughs> right right <laughs> right yeah <laughs> but that was a good time I and mean, i can only pray it, for times like that yeah it, it my grandchildren are just as precious to me as my two daughters. I, yeah. We have eight grandchildren and four great grandchildren. And I we have two great great grandsons, one sixteen, one eighteen, and then we have twins, a girl and a boy that are just turned two. So Yeah. Kind of spread out there. But I I, I love and I for me I, I had a hard time knowing that the twins, I was not going to be a part of their life, and they wasn't going to have memories of me like my other grandchildren, because I babysit them all. Mm-hmm. And I said, that really bothered me. And so finally, I told my husband, I said, we got to go out there. So we make it what my daughter babysits them now, mm-hmm. and two two days a week. And so on Thursdays, we go out and we spend time in the morning with them and play. Okay. And now when, when we walk in, Nana, Papa, Nana, Papa. Yeah. So, you know, it's they at least getting to not remember who we were or who mm-hmm. we are. And uh, if we leave this earth, they'll not, they'll have those memories with them. Amen. 
Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Barbara, for taking the time out to to join me on this episode. Did you want to share how uh, my viewers can watch your podcast, where they can find it? Well, it's just audio, but it's on Spotify and it goes out to several other. I'm not sure of the other ones. You just Google it's his story. Okay. And that's it's all about my life in the Bible and how God uses the Bible in, in me through me. Then I'm also on Facebook. Uh, I do a devotion on there every day. Uh, okay. Most days. Some days I don't, but most days I do. And let's see, that's about it. I don't have a website. I don't, okay. But I, if you want to get in contact with me, you can reach me on Facebook. Awesome. And we'll get all that information and get those in the show notes as well. But thank all you right. again, Barbara, for coming on. Would you mind closing this out in prayer? Sure. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we have got to share lives. We've got to share you. And we got to share the love that you share upon us every day with the world. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that the Holy Spirit now take the words that we said today and use them in someone else's life, that it might direct them into the path that you have for them and that they might accomplish what you have decided they need to be doing. And we praise you for what you're going to do with this podcast. We thank you for the host. We thank you, Lord, the blessings that you have given him through it. And we ask a powerful blessing upon his family this time of year. For we ask it all in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Uh, thank you guys for joining and watching another episode of On Earth As It Is In Heaven. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to another episode. I hope today you received an on-time word from God and found the inspiration you needed to take action in whatever it is that God has called you to do. Tune in next week to hear another Holy Spirit-led conversation about how together we will bring heaven here on earth according to God's will.